it's an app that can be used across any industry, but we really want to try and target and create something that's super specific and super simple for the, the restaurateurs to use. Welcome to the Milk Bottle Shopify e-commerce podcast, brought to you by Milk Bottle Labs, Ireland's top-rated Shopify experts. Milk Bottle Labs build, upgrade, migrate, and market Shopify and Shopify Plus stores all over the world. Milk Bottle will migrate you onto Shopify with zero interruption, guaranteed, or optimize your Shopify store and maximize store sales. This podcast is kindly supported by our favorite Shopify app and the only app we install in every store. Rewind.io is the leading backup solution for your Shopify store. We'll talk more about Rewind later. Now over to your host, founder of Milk Bottle Labs, Keith Matthews. Hey folks, welcome back. My guest today is Andrew Cargill. Andrew is the CEO of Zapiet and Zapiet is one of the most popular pickup and delivery apps in the Shopify ecosystem. Today's conversation covers a range of topics, including scaling and accelerating the growth of his company as a result of COVID-19. And of course, Andrew gives us his background and how he started out as an app developer in the Shopify ecosystem. So here goes. So Andrew Cargill, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. How are you? Great. Not too bad. The weather here is changing slightly. It's through Irish style. I always refer to the weather as the, to kick off the podcast. I'm sure people are getting uh, really bored of that. <laughs> so you are a Welsh man living in Portugal. Well, I'm half Scottish, half English that lived in Wales, but now live in Portugal. <laughs> so it's Very a little, good. little bit complicated. <laughs> so you, I was just reading up on you there. So you went to university in Wales. Yeah, that's correct. So yeah, I spent, what, about 15 years in, in Wales. So in, in Newport, <laughs> a lovely city. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it. Was it a rugby town? Yeah, certainly was. The Gwent Dragons were the, were the local team. Ah, right. Yeah, I've, I've heard of them. Andrew, sorry to cut you off guard, but I noticed that you were involved in the student union there. Do you have an interest in politics? Um, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I just had an interest in uh, making stuff happen and I guess partying. And uh, it was it was kind of a good excuse to get paid to have an extra year at university and have no lectures. So, yeah, <laughs> it was a good deal. I took the decision not to really attend lectures, but I certainly didn't get paid. So you, you took the better option. So fair pay to you. <laughs> that's good. And I know that you have a love for travel. So I'm assuming that that's what's brought you kind of all over the world. I mean, you've, you're a resident in Portugal, aren't you? Yes. Yes. So I've been living here now for about three years. So I come for a couple of days as I was just, yeah, traveling around, being that whole digital nomad type person. Yeah. And ended up meeting my now girlfriend. And uh, yeah, and now, now we're kind of here permanently. As we enter the 11th week then of COVID, as at the time we were recording this, Portugal and Spain were hit pretty bad, weren't they? Yeah, so Spain more so than here. So certainly in Portugal now, things are calming down, especially in the south. Uh, So pretty much all the restaurants and the businesses are back open now, obviously, with kind of new social distancing rules there. But yeah, in in the little village where we're located, there's probably less than 500 people live here. So it's, (laughs) it's kind of hard to bump into anybody. So it's very country, very, very rural. Yeah. 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 To ask a nerdy question then, is there, have you got access to decent broadband? Do you have to go to an office or do you work from home or what sort of structure do you have? Uh, It's a bit of a mix of both. The Wi-Fi at home sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. So uh, thankfully my British SIM card still lets me tether and use data here. 
you know, without the crazy costs. There's a lovely co-working about 40 minutes drive from here. So so quite often we'll we'll head there. Obviously that that's still closed at the moment, but hopefully be back open in the next week or two. But it's yeah, it's kind of a mix. And your team then at the moment, Andrew, if you're if you're based there, obviously the team of twenty that you have, they're fully remote then, are they? Yeah, yeah. So everybody works remotely, so all different kind of corners of the globe, I guess. You know, we're we're trying to get that 24-7 coverage as quickly as we can. So we try to strategically place people in in specific regions so nobody has to do the graveyard shift. (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, fully remote. So that takes time. So you have to build it up over time, of course, don't you? And uh, have you found the hiring process in this current climate? Have you found it a challenge or does does it really make any difference to you given that most of your team are remote already? Yeah, so hiring was actually, I guess, in some respects, easier during the crisis than it was outside because there were so many people, I guess, being made redundant um, from their, their existing jobs. And and they were also the kind of people that maybe were in customer service roles beforehand. And so it was kind of maybe they didn't have the technical knowledge, but that's something we can you know quickly teach them the ins and outs of our app and our solution of Shopify. But as long as they've got that kind of fundamental grasp on, on customer support and being a nice human being, then that's kind of what we was looking for, really. So it was, yeah, we was able to, to hire Pretty, pretty rapidly and and all of them have, have stayed with us so <laughs> which has been great you know the old adage they say hire slow and fire fast although hopefully none of us ever have to fire anybody but it is time consuming and quite stressful but it is quite amazing sometimes the people that you do end up hiring you think when you go into the process that you actually won't get the person you want but in actual fact there's usually loads of people out there exactly and it's amazing when you you hire somebody for kind of one skill set and for one particular job and then you quickly get to know them and learn that they're you know they've got a really keen interest in in another part you know another area maybe it's to do with research or user experience and that kind of stuff so it's yeah it's really nice to I guess to get to know these people working remotely and it was it was just myself and uh, my colleague Sam for for I guess the good first three and a half four years of business and so it's it's nice now to have more people to talk to. So, Andrew, let's go back to the start. Were you building websites when you were in university? Is that how you got started with your business partner? Yeah, that's correct. I, I was, I guess, dabbling with a bit of code here and there, building little websites just for myself for personal things and some e-commerce related stuff back then. But then it was, uh, yeah, my then business partner, Daniel Lewis. He was, a, I guess, a great sales person and great designer. And he went out and found these contracts for building local businesses' websites, but didn't know how to build them. So yeah, he approached me and uh, said, would you be able to help with, you know, I'll buy you some beers or a bottle of vodka and, and you kind of teach me how to code or or just get on with it in the end. I did. It just kind of fell even more into e-commerce as time went on. Isn't it interesting that you st- you started working with local takeaways, putting yeah. their menus online, and now you are with the the advent of COVID-19 and with the changes in terms of food ordering, you've kind of gone full circle through Zapier, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. It's it, it's yeah, it's it still amazes me. Uh, it's back back then we was trying to launch, I guess, what Just Eat is in the UK and Seamless and those kind of things. Uh, so like a search engine for takeaways with online ordering. But back then it was it was a hard game. The the restaurants still they didn't really. I guess, see the benefit of moving online and 
and it was one of those things where we we kind of needed to, I guess, pay the bills. And so we diversified into just building, I guess, retail shops, online stores, and kind of more traditional side of things. But yeah, it's funny now that it's come full circle. And now I guess we're, we're working on a kind of a secret project behind the, the scenes that's going to focus even more back on the, the restaurants and, and takeaways of the world. And obviously within the Shopify kind of ecosystem. That's great. Yeah. It, it, it's funny in a way because they were the cohort of society that were kind of fighting online. Yeah. I have a, I have a local pizzeria, a great young guy runs it. And he was telling me about, what was it, about a month ago that Deliveroo take thirty percent of his of his takings for for a single delivery. Yeah, <laughs> in one way, just eat and, and deliver are necessary evils. I mean, you need them as a restaurateur, but you just can't sustain a business if the revenue is going to be down by thirty forty percent as a result of social distancing, and then give away you know thirty percent for some guys to deliver it. So it will it will force people off those aggregator platforms and possibly onto Shopify, which I'm assuming that's exactly what you're targeting. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're kind of. So we've got our store pickup and delivery app that's that's kind of already there. It's very feature rich, uh, but it's like, I guess it's it's an app that can be used across any industry, but we really want to try and target and create something that's super specific and super simple for the, the restaurateurs to use. Not only if they're using, I guess, our more advanced store pickup and delivery app, but even if they're using, I guess, Shopify's own local delivery solutions or another delivery or pickup app on the app store. We want to create that whole order management and the back end side of the process that I guess Uber Eats and Just Eat and Seamless kind of provide. But on Shopify, and we've been noticing this trend for, for I guess, about two years now in merchants. Uh, you know, come in using our store pick and delivery app and moving their restaurant online. And actually one of our, I guess, our biggest volume merchants is, is actually a donut store out, out in Chicago. And they do by far more in, in sales than anybody else that, that's used our system. And so we kind of, you know, using them as, uh, I guess, our guidance on, on what kind of features are missing on Shopify and what they require. And hopefully it will become, yeah, super appropriate for, for all the other restaurants. Yeah, it's a good idea. We've seen an increase in inbound inquiries in terms of food-related businesses, and we're actually building out a store at the moment for a, a small takeaway in the in the centre of Ireland. And there's no doubt about it that you probably have the ability to be more nimble and probably push features and push services out more so or quicker than than Shopify, because obviously for them to ship products takes time and takes planning. You've identified an opportunity. There's no doubt that the food industry is is wide open, isn't it? In a way, yes, yeah, so sure, that's it. And as you said, it's. The Uber Eats of the world are that necessary evil. You use them or you need to use them to get that marketing and to, to get the initial orders through the door. But then it's for the, the restaurateurs to then promote their own Shopify store and order directly. And then obviously the, the fees are, are much less. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's going to be great all around. So, yeah. yeah. It, it reminds me in a way of the Amazon situation where people join the, the Amazon to, to sell their products and then... They realize after a while that they can't get near their customers and the fees are high. So <laughs> we get inquiries for people trying to move off Amazon, which takes time. It's a similar situation where restaurants are looking, you know, look, just looking for alternatives. I mean, the, the platforms that are out there, including Amazon, are fantastic. They serve a purpose. Anyway, that's the, that's the, the shift that's in the market is definitely towards uh, food businesses. And I think yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to what you launch. Zapiet is at least on the agenda for our own check-ins at least once a week. We're always in there. We're always installing it and we love it. So can you just give the listeners 
just give us a summary of exactly what Zapier does, the, the three apps that you've listed on the site at the moment. Sure. So yeah, we have three three apps live on the App Store at the moment. We have Store Pickup and Delivery, which is kind of our flagship app, which is for any merchants, whether that's fresh produce, like flowers, bakeries, obviously restaurants, as we said, or apparel stores. A lot of supermarkets are using it now. And it's all about primarily for scheduled orders. So if you have specific products that are available at specific locations on a specific date, and you only have 10 of those for sale on that date, then it is that's how our app kind of solves that problem. We also do a lot of work around rates to make sure that if a customer chooses delivery, only the delivery rates are shown in the checkout, the same with pickups and shipping. So we try to, I guess, manipulate Shopify's checkout process and the whole kind of experience as best as we can for, you know, tailored towards the pickups and deliveries, why we're super excited about, I guess, Shopify launching more features there that hopefully we can tie into to make it even better going forward. And the other two apps, uh, they can be used in conjunction with Store Pickup Delivery or Standalone, and they're just for generating rates. So we have one called Delivery Rates by Distance, which that's what it says on the tin. You can say, I want to charge for delivery. The first 10 miles is $5. Every mile after that is 25 cents. And then the other one is delivery rates by zip codes, which again, does what it says on the tin. It's if you want to say, create a zone, these are the zip codes, and this is the price for delivery to there. Super simple apps, but uh, they've gone down really well. Yeah, they help a lot of people. Let's take a short break and I'll share the one app we install on every Shopify build. The team at Rewind.io have developed the leading backup solution for Shopify. Did you know there is no way of recovering lost data from a Shopify store? Rewind.io automatically backs up your store data. In the event of a data loss, usually due to human error, Rewind enables you to rewind your store back to its previous state. It's so simple and is used by some of the world's leading Shopify agencies, such as Kurt Elster of EtherCycle and Kelly Vaughan at the Top Room. If your store is gaining traction, you may have multiple users making changes. Often store owners allow team or app developers enter a store to add code. Sometimes mistakes happen and data gets deleted. You can reduce your business risk today and prevent a costly catastrophe by installing the Rewind.io app on your Shopify store. Get your first month of Rewind for free by simply responding to any of the welcome messages or emails you receive after you begin your seven-day trial and mention this podcast. Now, back to the interview. So simplify the distance and zip code. Basically, if you're running a small business, and we've just been talking about food businesses, so let's say you're a Chinese takeaway, you can only deliver within a couple of miles. Basically, the app will allow the Shopify store or BigCommerce store to only take orders within a certain distance or a certain zip code. Yes, that's correct. And it will also calculate the, the rate, so the price by mile or by kilometer. So there's a, there's a lot of people, especially the, the delivery kind of people that do it by their bicycles. They want to charge per kilometer that their delivery person's going to be taking the order. And so they can do per mile, you know, all those kind of. So, so it's not like a, a standard e-commerce store where, you know, free, or, free delivery on orders over 100 euros or $100. What you're saying is you can actually charge for delivery right down to the last effectively kilometer. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And is there any particular region in the world where that's where it's working or whether it's, I mean, is it, is it safe to assume that it's very popular in the States? Yeah, the majority of our customers are North American based, but definitely in, in London, in particular, the delivery rates by distance apps used a lot. 
because we can kind of calculate the distance not only as kind of the crow flies, but also the driving distance. And so it's where you're, say, the north side of the Thames and then the delivery address is the south side. And then, the you know, it may only be a few hundred meters apart, but to actually get there because the river's in the way, it's much longer. Then that's kind of the, I guess, the logistical part where it, where it really helps merchants for, for that kind of thing. For merchants, then what it does is it also it also protects their revenue because you're validating the distance and validating the charge, which ultimately will affect your your margin before the customer checks out. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's correct. So there's nobody arguing over delivery rates after the order goes through them because it's all it's all done through the app. Exactly. That's it. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. In terms of your success to date. I, I've read on the website there that you're you're using apps in 130 countries and in, you know, 5,000 brands are using using the app. I mean, for you to grow to that level and to manage that level and to scale, has there anything in particular that you've done to get there or is it, has it just been basically word of mouth through the Shopify app store? Yeah, I don't want to say it. Obviously, the, I guess the current global crisis has helped. <laughs> we're, yeah. actually, we're actually up to eight and a half thousand merchants now. Um, so we've almost doubled our entire kind of user base within the past 10 weeks. Um, so we've, we, we definitely had some, some growth. And, but I, I, I think the current kind of crisis and the, the shift there aside, it's definitely just, I guess, lis- listening to merchant feedback you know, building what they want and, you know, just, I guess, working ever closer with Shopify themselves and making sure that they're aware of what you do and what your app can do so that, you know, their support staff can then, you know, recommend you. If they don't know what your app does, then, you know, they'll recommend somebody else. So I think it's, I think it's that. It's just try to create a, something, something people want. <laughs> Yeah, but your your customer support though is obviously doing a good, a good job at that because I mean if you weren't doing that you you'd never get to even if you take if you even take your growth up until last year which was substantial. I mean you must focus a lot on customer care, do you? Yeah, so I think it was something Toby said like three years ago at Unite Now, which was uh, it was I kind of actually remember the quote, but it was something around you know if you're wanting to run one of these businesses or whatever then you need to be able to offer support pretty much 24 hours a day if your business is operating 24 hours a day you should be giving customer support 24 hours a day and obviously that's hard as when you're just starting out and stuff but we've rapidly since that point been trying to double down on support to you know to um to get to that stage where we've got live chat telephone support we've got a whole bunch of YouTube videos on the go now with tutorials, obviously trying to think about how different people learn in different ways. So yeah, support is is huge. Yeah, I, it's the number one thing. You know, ultimately, it seems that you're, you could create the world's greatest app that like changes the world. But if the support's not there, you're going to get one-star reviews. So it's, it's kind of the other way around. You could have an app that doesn't work, but have good support then fix the books on the fly, you're winning. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a strange old world. And Toby's advice was, it was heard by a lot of people and it was it was very targeted because he at the time was very much aware of the fact that there was a lot of app developers, you know, working on their own with no customer service who were trying to build a business. Yeah. Do you know Bjorn Forsberg in Forsberg Plus 2? Yes, of course. 
Bjorn is a you know he's a classic case of of uh, a very very successful app developer who just operates extremely efficiently. You know, up to a while ago, he was a one man show. He he has the orderly print and the orderly emails apps. His business model is is very much like a lot of the the kind of wannabe app developers that are joining the ecosystem. Basically, trying your best to be really clever to build something that you can support yourself. But of course, it's not really scalable when you're on your own. So, at Unite in Amsterdam this year, there was a a crew from I think they're from Mexico, and they're now offering a customer support service to. Shopify app developers, and it's priced based on number of tickets. If you're an individual app developer, you can just outsource all of your customer care. They take over the email, they take over the the chat on your site, and they answer all the tickets. So what you do is you tool them up with all of the information, all of the questions. If you could afford it, you could purchase their service and still remain on your own and just outsource your customer care. To me, it was a really interesting business model because there probably is a lot of app developers that started out like you on your own, maybe, or, or even with one person that just have scaled yeah. and can't handle it. Yeah, totally. I guess it, for, for me, as I guess the, the lead engineer here as well, it got to the point when we were starting out that I was just spending my entire day in support. And so then I wasn't getting any kind of features shipped or bugs fixed or, or anything like that. So it was I think we only had like a, a hundred customers, maybe not even that at the time. And then I took the decision that, okay, you know, I'm going to employ, I, he was one of my, well, still is one of my good friends. So yeah, so yeah, so he come on board as a customer support full time. And as I said, we kind of ran just the two of us for, for the next couple of years. And then, yeah, kind of things just scaled out from there. And, and yeah, we're, we're kind of where we at today. It's amazing that they've created something that can, that can service a mom and pop store and then also service, you know, Kylie Jenner and Gymshark. Exactly. You know, a, there's a credit to, credit to Toby who started it and, and, and yeah. coded it from, from day one. You have to, hats off. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a developer and I'm not particularly technical. Well, I'm, I'm probably a little bit more technical than most, but not a, I wouldn't claim to be technical, but, a, but even a non-technical person can, can see that there's a little bit of genius behind, exactly. the, you know, the, behind the platform. Andrew, before we go, it's been really, really great talking to you. But before we go, where do you see Zapit in the next five years? So uh, hopefully still, I guess, the industry leader in what we're doing. <laughs> so I'd still love to be the, uh, I guess, Shopify's preferred pickup and delivery solution. And I just want to see continued growth there. We're going to keep doubling down. We, we're going to be hiring more to, to better support. We're going to be adding more functionality. We do have ideas for, for other apps. As I, as I mentioned earlier, we have one coming out very soon. Really enjoying the ride at the moment. Just looking forward to seeing what's next, to be honest. <laughs> Great. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Same with you. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Milk Bottle Shopify e-commerce podcast. All of our episodes are available on Spotify and iTunes. We really appreciate the support of our sponsor, Rewind.io, the leading backup solution for your Shopify store. Get your first month of Rewind for free. Just respond to any of the welcome messages or emails after you begin your seven-day free trial and mention our podcast. Until the next time, take care.